Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Welcome to this special episode of Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we're having an interview with a tooth puller. Get it? It's like interview with a vampire, but with, like, smaller fangs. Anyway, today we have Dr. William Ferguson III, better known to the world as Dr. Billy. He has the honor of being my friend since we were in fourth grade, and I just can't seem to get rid of him. He graduated from the University of Georgia with a BS in biology and then went to the Medical College of Georgia to get his doctoral dental degree. He has been my personal dentist for about seven years now, so I do have some good news for you, Billy. I did brush my teeth today even though I can't prove that to you because, you know, social distancing. Yeah, I don't think the world is ready for the addition of smell to their Zoom meetings or podcasts. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about some dentistry. Really, I'm just happy to talk, period, because of social distancing. Where do you want to start first? Well, I'm going to ignore that wildly rude insult. We'll start with, what's the most common infectious disease you see? Uh, well, the most common type of disease we see is gum or periodontal disease. It's believed to be the most common chronic inflammatory disease in the U.S. It's really a polymicrobial infection of the gums surrounding the teeth. Uh, this occurs when patients don't brush, which is supposed to remove a large number of bacteria from the teeth, and especially if they don't floss, which gets really difficult sections of the bacteria that hide between teeth and next to the gum line. The bacteria then slide into the spaces between the gum and tooth, causing a low level of infection. Wow, that sounds super disgusting. I didn't realize that's why you always yell at me about flossing. Well, how else do you think we get such great reviews? You just yell at your patients. (laughs) What happens to patients who don't brush or floss regularly and have that low level of inflammation for a long time? Well, the inflammation is going to wear away at the gum tissue and contribute to the development of gingivitis. And then over time, the patient will present with advanced periodontal disease where they lose the bones surrounding the teeth and can get to the point where you start losing your teeth because there's not enough structure to keep them stable. It's also possible for the infection to also migrate into the jawbone and spread into the bloodstream and cause sepsis. There's an area of the face called the danger triangle which consists of the area from the corners of the mouth to the bridge of the nose. And due to the nature of the blood supply to that area, it's possible to get a retrograde infection that in that area that spreads to the brain, causing cavernous sinus thrombosis, meningitis, or a brain abscess. Danger triangle sounds badass. Do you ever have to announce during a procedure, and now I'm going to enter the danger triangle? No, we don't talk through our procedures like that. I'm pretty sure that would terrify people. Well, that's a lost opportunity if I ever heard one. And I imagine if I did, those words would echo every time I said, danger, triangle, triangle, triangle. (laughs) Microbiology professors teach their medical students that when dentists do a dental procedure, they prescribe antibiotics. Which procedures would you be worried about spreading or creating an infection? Thankfully, dentists don't prescribe antibiotics constantly, or at least we shouldn't. There are two main reasons why we prescribe antibiotics. The first is when a tooth has become severely infected and either needs a root canal or to be pulled. 
Many times if the dentist does one of those two procedures, the infection will clear up on its own. However, a, a large infection makes it hard for the area to become fully numb with local anesthesia. So we usually prescribe an antibiotic to shrink the infection. Then we see the patient about a week later to perform the procedure. And that's why a lot of times root canals get a bad rap. The infection is not allowing the patient to become fully numb. And part of the procedure is drilling into the nerve, which can obviously be, pain be painful if we're not fully anesthetized. The second reason why a general dentist might prescribe antibiotics is for prophylactic reasons. The procedures that we're most worried about involve gingival manipulation or mucosal incision, which basically describes almost every procedure we do, including just a cleaning. Uh, the patients we're most worried about are patients who have had a joint replacement, a history of infective endocarditis, and those with prosthetic cardiac valves, a cardiac transplant with valve regurgitation, or any unrepaired congenital heart defect. So basically, we don't want to cause bleeding in these patients because the bacteria that's in the mouth might get into the bloodstream where it might cause infective endocarditis, osteomyelitis, or sepsis. So prior to the procedure, we contact the surgeon who performed the joint replacement and see what their antibiotic recommendation and dosing would be for the patient. And so these are just guidelines which we follow, but when you think about it, just like my oral medicine professor pointed out to us when, we, when he was teaching us in school, uh, all these guidelines is that the patient can do all the same things to themselves when brushing, flossing, or using a water pick. Okay. Oh, crap, you're right. So what I'm hearing is that I should definitely stop brushing and flossing. Exactly. No, but what it really means is that people should wanna keep doing a great job so they have a clean mouth, so they're at a lower risk. Fine, whatever. What organisms are you most concerned about? There are 11 main bacterial species that cause periodontal disease and bone loss. The worst ones that you want to worry about, I have sent them to you, so you can read the names off instead of me. Oh, I see how it is. Hashtag stab me in the back. So, from the most destructive to not as bad are Aggregatobacter actinomycetomacans. Are you pulling my leg? That is not an organism. No, really, that's a pathological oral bacterium. Fine, whatever. To continue the list, Porphyromonas gingivalis, Tanarella forsenthia, Treponema denticola, Prevotella intermedia, Peptostreptococcus micros, and Fusobacterium nucleatum. The four others that cause disease but aren't as harmful are Campylobacter rectus, Eubacterium nodatum, Iconella corridans, and Capnocytophagia acacia. Yeah, thank you for reading all those. So basically, uh, these can be transferred by sharing food or drinks or swapping saliva. And most of the time, your immune system can take care of it. But if you've been battling periodontal disease and it's just not clearing up with treatment, that's when we start recommending looking at your partner. Right, right. Wait a second. Did I just say treponema? Like treponema pallidum in my mouth? You said T. denticola. It's a gram-negative spirochete-like T. pallidum, but it prefers to live in the mouth without causing ulcerations or disseminating. Interesting. I know that in the algorithm of testing for syphilis, there are treponema-specific and treponema nonspecific tests. Does treponema denticola cause any false positive results in those tests? It doesn't. The specific testing you're talking about is specific for the species T. pallidum, 
So false positive results caused by T. denticola are not reported. It also does not cause false positive pregnancy tests like T. pallidum can occasionally cause. Do you ever culture or identify any infections? Usually the infection clears so we don't have to, but if it's a rather large infection that's not going away, I would refer the case out to an oral surgeon only because it's so uncommon. So I'd rather have someone who handles these cases more often. I've been practicing for five years now and haven't had a case like that yet. What antibiotics do you prescribe? The main antibiotics are amoxicillin and clindamycin due to the broad spectrum nature, and these have a low level of side effects. And with some advanced periodontal disease patients, we'll actually get a saliva sample to get a better picture of what uh, bacterium are causing the problem and how high the load is. So now for some really important questions. Does the tooth fairy give extra money if a tooth comes with streptococcus mutans? According to my parents, no. <laughs> I've wanted to be a dentist since the third grade, and my parents are always told me that if I got a cavity, I wouldn't be able to be a dentist. Whoa, that is a lot of pressure for a little guy. Yeah, that was one of the lies that my parents would tell me to brush my teeth. It worked, though, because to this day I've never had a cavity, but I was pretty mad to learn how many of my dental school classmates had cavities. Somehow that flew under the radar during the interview process. <laughs> Do we really need to get our dog's teeth cleaned? Well, just like you guys learned basically nothing about dentistry, we didn't learn anything about non-human teeth or mouth, so I can't really help you there. But if you're one of those people that lets your dog lick your face, wouldn't you rather have a clean dog mouth? Ew. I, I guess they can have that periodontal disease like we can too. So it's probably healthier for them in the long run. What are your feelings on teeth whitening? We hear that it's terrible for the enamel. So the special toothpaste and mouthwashes that they claim whiten your teeth. And I'm putting whitening in quotations because they don't actually whiten. Those products just are really abrasive and they remove surface stains. So the enamel of your teeth is actually translucent, and the color you see in the mirror is from the inner dentin layer. So you can get bleach from your dentist that's made of hydrogen peroxide or, or carbamide peroxide um, that will bleach the dentin layer of the tooth, or you can get the whitening strips from the store, um, but I don't like these because they're not custom made for your mouth, so you're either burning your gum so you can bleach all the way down to the gum line, or you're missing that bottom layer so you're not burning your gums. So I always recommend the dentist-made bleaching trays because of the better placement and the ability to keep your, the bleach on your teeth exactly where you want it to go. Let's say there's a dental emergency in the ER. What happens? So they typically present with tooth pain and the patient is given antibiotics and they're told to visit their dentist to get it fixed. But what can happen is that the patient goes home, the antibiotic reduces the infection enough so the patient's no longer in pain, and it doesn't fix the underlying problem. And so then by the time they come to see us, the infection is pretty much gone or all the way gone, and then we're having trouble trying to figure out where this pain is coming from and, and uh, what's causing that pain. So I always like to say, definitely urge your patients to tell them to see your dentist right away so we can figure out what's exactly going on. 
And what do you mean by right away? Uh, I'd say, you know, in the next 48 hours, you know, you just got to tell them that, you know, this is just a Band-Aid. It's not a fix. We also teach medical students that tooth pain can indicate a sinus infection. How does that happen? Patients sometimes come to my office saying that they have a cavity or an abscess because one of their back top molars are hurting. But when we do an x-ray of their teeth, it's perfectly fine. Uh, the floor of the maxillary sinus lays right on top of or around and in between the roots of the posterior teeth. And so sometimes when there's inflammation in the sinus, it can feel like it's a, it's a tooth issue. Do you have any plugs you'd like to share? Well, if you live in the area around Augusta, Georgia, and are looking for a dentist, you can find me at Davis and Ferguson Family Dentistry. And since I'm talking to millions of future doctors, because this podcast is going to explode with new listeners because of my presence on this podcast. Oh, yeah. This is basically a celebrity interview. (laughs) Uh, But to all the future doctors that will be in the realm of sleep apnea, find local dentists in your area uh, that are with the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine. This is turning into the next big thing in the dental and medical world. Uh, Cosmetic dentistry wasn't a field until, you know, the last 15 years. And now look how common bleaching, veneers, um, and same goes really for the emphasis on periodontal disease and what happens orally versus the entire body and vice versa. Um, So airway is the next big issue. And so it's not just older obese men. It's kids, women, all different shapes and sizes. And it's a lot more common than we realize that can have sleep apnea. So working together with physicians and dentists can help prevent it from happening by early intervention in kids with orthodontists and working with an ENT. Um, We can also help treat and maintain this in adults and provide extra options for those who can't tolerate their CPAP or just not a great candidate for surgery. And as you can tell, and Dr. Bradley, as you already know, Airway and sleep are a a big passion of mine. I've been adding it to my practice, and I could talk on this subject for hours, but I know you all are listening to this or just trying to pass boards right now. So if you want to save that for another post-boards episode, we can definitely do that. We can even answer listener questions you all have about Dr. Bradley. We've been friends since the fourth grade before the purple and teal hair, so I can give you guys some great stories. Whoa, oh crap, cut the tape. Thank you again to Dr. Billy Ferguson for being a great sport and answering some of our listener questions. This interview came about because Dr. Ferguson is extremely bored because of quarantine shut down his practice except for emergencies. If you have an idea for the next quarantine-induced interview that you would like, just let us know. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow. Uh, you said treptonema denticulum.
do I just need to take out the heart? Yeah. Okay. Take it out. Oh, goodness. Okay, go on.